Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing individuals who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for each one of you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your results in manifesting your dreams in this reality. Moving his way onto the show to get down with us today is a man who has made it his lifelong mission to squeeze every last drop out of this ride we call life and feel highly optimized in doing so. He is a certified natural movement trainer where he helps countless individuals regain their childlike movements to slow down and even reverse the aging process. An online programmer where he helps numerous individuals take back their health virtually around the world and is a wellness enthusiast in which he has used his own journey and physical hardships to make him rather than break him in order to discover the lessons hidden within and guide others in doing the same. So, without further ado, please help me in welcoming the one, the only, K-Jungle to the show. What's up, Jungle? Ooh, what a (laughs) goddamn intro. (laughs) Gratitude, gratitude, uh, all is love. Hell yeah, All is love. Dude, it was yeah. so fun writing it for you, man. You have a, a beautiful website, um, and I'll make sure that when I drop the episode, I link it in the uh, description. And uh, you know, it was so it was so nice because you know we've got to share some space in uh, in 4D quite a few times now, and right. so with all those experiences and the website doing such a great job at like uh, um, you know uh, accounting your journey the whole way through. It was it was easier than ever to write this interview out, and also I got so excited because I was like, "Man, we have so many cool things to talk about that we haven't even touched on when we've been in person." Right. So, Ooh. yeah, dude. And the journey's just gonna keep getting greater. Hell yeah! And you know, it's so awesome to have the opportunity to get you on the show finally and riff together and share your journey with the world. And I'd love it if we could begin by having you bring us through the most impactful parts of your journey and how you got to where you are today. Okay impactful <laughs> injuries are very impactful yes <laughs> uh injuries have a way of humbling you mm. it has a way of making you take a step back so as far as impact injury is the number one uh impactful thing that has led me to become the the natural movement coach i am today mm. off rip that's offhand i could probably go deeper yeah. but that was the energy right away Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious, um, you know, with that injury, um, I've heard a little bit about it, but I think it's really important to share that with the listeners because I feel for a lot of people that are on the path, you know, we can, uh, I know this has happened to me, we have an injury and then we start to form an identity around that injury. And so what happened to me was I started having this like limiting belief slash limiting story that my body was fragile, you know, and then like literally bending over, I would be like, oh my God, is a disc going to pop out? which is like insane considering how strong the human body really is. And yet the belief on how fragile we are will then manifest into physical symptoms and all the craziness that comes with it. So I'd really like to hear a little bit about what happened in your injury and like what the diagnosis was, what maybe doctors told you if you went to doctors about it and um, how you moved through it. Sure. So I had a few injuries and I'll for sake of time, Mm -hmm. we'll just do the two most important ones. Mm -hmm. So the first one is my spinal injury and have a L5 S1 fused spine. I have a twisted sacrum. Uh, My motifidus muscle, I'm not really in a claim in things, but this is what was said at the time Mm. is that one side is lagging more than the other, which means the motifidus stabilizes the spine. So if Mm. one fires slower than the other, that creates imbalances and um, certain frictions in the body. So, and then the second injury was I had tore my pec mm. on the rings, uh, doing the iron man cross. Yeah. <laughs> and, and both of those I'll touch on the spinal one, uh, cause that's what got me into certifications and brain and how I got there. There's a story when I was young in middle school, me trying to impress someone little me impressing something right so i'm going to do a backflip off of a dugout right so uh i climbed on top of the dugout i'm like yeah i'm about to do this backflip you know and i chickened out you know i played it safe i was like you know what i'm gonna make an executive decision yeah 
So in getting off of the dugout, I literally, I slipped off mm. and I landed right on my butt. Boom. And then from then I knew I was like, Oh man, I started twisting, twisting and turning. So that's kind of been my baseline since middle school. And subconsciously, I didn't know that me twisting in the chair was becoming my new normal. Subconsciously, I'm just turning, twisting, boom, pop, 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 all through oh. middle school, all through high school. Um, stretching wasn't really a thing for me. A lot of repetitive um, motions on that spine. So uh, I got injured in college. I injured my hamstring and I came home uh, because of the injury and then my recovery speed on that. So fast forward, I'm in a forklift and my supervisor at the time backs out of a trailer. I'm still on a forklift Mm -hmm. and he's zooming out of the trailer and he doesn't look where he's going. And I'm waiting on items to come Mm -hmm. out of a conveyor so I can pick it up and boom, I get hit. And you know me, I'm like, at this time, I'm like 22, 21. I'm like, I I think I can really handle anything. So I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But then I immediately, like when I stepped off of the forklift, it was like, oh, like, okay, maybe I'm not fine. So I went to the emergency room. They ended up putting me in a physical rehab program. But as people know, when you work for a job, they only want to rehab you enough so you can go back to working in that job. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't fully, I wasn't fully uh, rehabbed. And the doctor that was there didn't know what was wrong. They couldn't figure it out. Actually, another doctor in that same organization from a different state came ironically, but you know, everything happens. And she actually diagnosed me with the the motifidus leg and they couldn't figure out, you know, right. So right when they released me, I got into a car accident in that weekend, like the day after. So it was like a hit and run, boom. And then from then, my back was... It got to the point where I couldn't lay in a bed anymore. I couldn't, my, my most comfortable position was a fetal position. I couldn't mm-hmm. lay on my back. I couldn't lay on my belly and take deep breaths. So uh, rehabbing that was, I got rid of my bed. I started learning about babies. I started learning about the brain uh, and restoring my body. And my, my biggest thing was like, does it make sense? And is it working? And both mm-hmm. of those two things it hit for me. So I continue to do that. And for my own, uh, my own like knowledge, I went to a spine specialist and the spine specialist was saying that, um, you know, you got that from birth. <laughs> and then I told you what happened in middle school. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't, if it doesn't make sense, then I'm not really all the way for it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you need to do an MRI. And then um, after that, we will determine if we need to have surgery or not. I'm more mature now, but back then I wasn't like, you know, sir, I know I was more so like, how do you like, cause in the back of my head, I know that it wasn't from birth. So I'm like, yeah. you don't really know what you're talking about. I'll, fi- I'll figure this out myself. Yeah. So that, that came into sleeping in a hammock for two years, no bed that turned into when I did get off the hammock after two years, I got this huge eight foot beanbag. So I just, just lay in there. Uh, I bought a trapeze in which I flip and I hang upside down. Uh, I started earthing, so I started connecting to the ground more uh, and then learning about the brain. And then from then, that turned into everything is about the brain. I, I got hooked on the brain. And my other injury was when I tore my pec. And I would say, even though that one was pretty uh, impactful, this one was very impactful mentally because there was a, a point in my time where I remember like bawling, crying because I I would lay on my back and I couldn't lift my arm up. Like uh, I just couldn't lift it up. And like when to go back on like certain men, like the mentality that you can or can't have and how that affects the longevity of your rehab. It, it has a, a, a very uh, major role on rehab and recovery. Uh, just like what, what you guys are doing with the story work and diving deep, uh, just like soft words. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing. Not having, I'm also a fan of having these emotions. So I allow myself to have this emotion. I allow myself to cry. I allow my, I gave myself three minutes to just have any emotion because I'm not opposed to holding an emotion. Mm -hmm. So let this emotion out, understand it, feel it, and then let it move in the wind. And then in doing that, I was able to balance out the shortcomings. You would say when it comes to waking up and just feeling depleted 
waking up and just thinking it's tedious. Like, is this ever going to get better? Okay, take a deep breath. Understand how powerful you are. Um, there's also a thing called the cookie jar in which you you put in all of the things. I got this from David Goggins. You put this in. Uh, all of the things that you've been through in your life that you've gotten through, you write it down and you put it in a cookie jar. And knowing you and knowing me and whoever's listening, you probably have hundreds of things you can write in that cookie jar. <laughs> yeah. Right? So when you are in that moment of, of doubt and a negative frequency, go back in that cookie jar and just be like, oh, I did this. You know, there was that time that was that time where you felt like you couldn't get through it and you got through it. Mm-hmm. And not to mention that you got hundreds of other ones in there. Mm-hmm. So this is just another just another uh, hiccup or a, a, a setback or a come up. So that's how I really look at it. Um, I'm an earth sign. So I'm always about self-care and uh, positive affirmations. That's always been my thing, mm-hmm. no matter what. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm always... No matter what, I'm always positive. But that doesn't mean that you don't have these negative emotions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. That makes you know so much sense. Hearing the whole thing, man, it makes total sense now how you ended up the way you are now. And it was incredible to be able to take that journey with you. And you know, remember what it was like for me when I had my first injury when I was 16, and then moving up to like when I was 22, and like going through those different stages of maturity. And how you respond, you know, when I was 18, um, I started peeing blood one day and I had no idea why, you know, and, uh, but what a great gift because it allowed me like long story short to, you know, realize that life is short and that I wasn't immortal negation acknowledged and that, (laughs) you know, in order to, uh, really experience life, you know, you need to take care of the vessel that you're within, you know, and, You know, I love what you said about allowing emotion because number one, if you let it stagnate, man, it's going to fester in there and just get (laughs) gross and become infected, you know, and I especially love the process you go through for that, which is like I allow myself three minutes to just go crazy and like let all the emotion out. And then I bring it back to like, okay, now we're we're here. So where do we go from here? Right. There is no changing, you know, that we're here right now. But where can we go from here and start visualizing that? And I love, right. um, I love your little bit about affirmations. They're my favorite thing as well. I'm a fire sign, right? I'm an Aries, but I love uh, <laughs> affirmations mostly because they're uh, quick and I can do them while I'm driving. You know, so, yeah, <laughs> so, sure. you yeah. know, like meditating for me <laughs> has become. Uh, it was a it was a uh, love hate relationship at first because it was like essentially the whole entire purpose of it, which is to slow down was the part that I got so frustrated on for so long. And then realizing like, oh, thy poison is like here, you know, like your mess becomes your mission. And like, so in becoming okay with slowing down, I ended up healing so much of my trauma and so much of like my just, you know, my programming, you know? And and so like, you know, I'm curious, you know, hearing those, you know, few dark nights of the soul that you've went through, Um, what would you say has been like the big lesson that you learned from that? If there is just one or maybe multiple, which ones come to mind? Well, honestly, ego comes to mind. Mm. So there's different ways to look at ego as Mm. far as identity is concerned, as far as uh, a superficial being wanting to be noticed. So I wanted to be noticed when I seen that girl and I Mm. hopped on that dugout. (laughs) That was my ego that did that. Yeah. Um, When I, when I tore my pec, Someone was like, hey, have you ever done the Iron Cross before? And I'm like, nah, but I feel like I can do it. She's like, yeah, you just go and you just hold your arm. I was like, all right, bet. So I was like, But it was my whole, that that was ego that did that. Yeah. So uh, also ego can stem to fear. So was I, was I like, you know, it's just like figuring out why, like, why did I really do that? Was I doing it out of love? Was that ego? Ego is in love. So a lot of that, is humbling because a lot of the situations came from ego or it came from me trying to please someone other than myself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's extremely, um, insightful too, because, you know, I've, I've learned a lot of the same things and, you know, something I posted about the other day was how my ego has become my best friend. Right. And the reason I choose to believe that is because, 
I've tried living the other way, right? Where I'm like at odds with it, you know, and realizing (laughs) that it's just a part of me. It has a voice and allowing it to have that voice, but not becoming, you know, um, identified with only the ego. And I think that's where we fall into our traps. Um, you know, especially when it comes to exercise, I can think of like four off the top of my head, uh, not as impactful as yours were, but definitely like, you know, big signs that, uh, things needed to change, you know, and that I wasn't ready for certain things and I let my ego get the best of me. Um, and so what great lessons, you know, like, um, now moving forward, it's been so nice to be able to, you know, meet other people going through similar things and just share those insights and, um, and learn from them and, 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 and teach them things about the ego that's allowed me to have a better relationship with mine overall. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, you speak at length about that I resonate so highly with speaking of exercise is that of natural movements and being able to move as a child does. And even more so how being able to move in these ways can keep us young, long into our later years. Have you begun to notice a trend with regards to athletes becoming more focused on this type of training? And if so, why do you feel it's catching on so much right now? That's that's interesting. So. How, okay, so natural movement for me is something that we just lost sight of. It's something that we've always had because we had to develop into being the person that we are today. Mm. So now fast forward to modern modern time society, the ability to access um, internet and the ability to see people from all across the world and all of their unique capacities. So trending waves of... Um, yeah, trending waves of energy of certain things is always readily available if you know exactly where to look. So mm-hmm. when it comes to natural movement, I see a lot of I see a lot of people uh, in that natural movement like category mm-hmm. who subcategorize it in a way. So mm-hmm. it's like okay, so you have a natural movement, but then you have like you you got this animal flow thing, mm-hmm. which is its own subcategory of the totality of natural movement. Mm-hmm. And then you have like, um, I, I'm a fan of Ido and he has his own little spice and elements in natural movement. And I feel like in those things, you have the particular athletes that might have shouted out Ido or shouted out like a particular organization that's put that into the main focus. And yeah, so I guess that's that. I don't really have, it's kind of hard to explain in a way. No, that makes perfect sense, man. Like, you know, what I've been noticing, especially with you, right? Like, this is one of the things I've noticed with different athletes I've seen as of late. Like, you know, would, when you and Cam are messing around at uh, Mark's house, it's like insane yeah. playing Zen Archer and stuff. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think you guys have your own name for it or whatever, but, um, yeah. But like, uh, and we can get into like what that looks like for everyone listening because it's super rad. Um, but yeah. like, you know, as someone who, um, you know, got into exercise straight up to look good on the beach, right? Like that whole thing, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. when I was 18, right. Jersey Shore came out. So, you know, it was a different, <laughs> it was a different version of me back then. Right, right, and, um, right. and you know, like who doesn't like looking good, right? I mean, like that's, that's right, definitely part sure. of it. That's part of it. Yeah. And right. then realizing that like a lot of those old bodybuilding paradigms, like it just was not working for my body. Like, first of all, I'm six, four, I have long lever arms, so I'm not going to be bench yeah. pressing 400 pounds, like unless I'm right. using, right. uh, something that I don't want to put in my body. Body. And yeah. so like what I've noticed is the athletes that I feel the strongest, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And you can just tell, like when you look at you and you watch you move, you can tell there's strength there that's not just based in physical like um nature. For sure. And so like, sure. you know, it's been a really big like eye-opening experience for me, like watching Brooks as well, right? Like Brooks, you and Cam yeah. like together is just like, dude, what the hell? Like being able to uh like Cam actually taught me a lot of stuff um after you took off from Marks because we were there for like an extra week and a half after right. we were supposed to go right. home and we decided, hey, we're just gonna <laughs> hang out, you know. And um so I've noticed, you know, this this trend of like the athletes I see that I admire the most are not the ones that necessarily like look the best. Uh not saying that like mo I mean, most everyone that does natural movement looks yoked as hell, but they're the ones that can move fluidly, you know? And I yeah, feel there's like a big trend happening right now, like a big a shift in trend rather, where it's like people don't necessarily care like about looking like ridiculous and having two percent body fat as much as they're like sure. do I feel good in my yeah. body, you know? Yeah. I wonder if um 
the idea of getting older and losing usefulness because that's kind of what I that's like a selling point for me uh I think maybe seeing the the injury report on people or the longevity report on certain people you are now seeing athletes retire earlier you're Mm -hmm. seeing like these high level world-class uh athletes are uh sports enthusiasts are retiring retiring early if not you you still you start hearing them emphasize more they're doing more recovery mm-hmm. they're focusing more on the healing aspect because they know if they can restore their muscles quicker they can keep they can tear and restore and tear and restore and continue mm-hmm. to be this great athlete but the biggest the biggest thing is restore and how do you mm-hmm. restore you start looking at natural movement how can you be um more mobile more agile and that seems to be natural movement seems to be the gateway to to having those things happen yeah and man like what i've noticed is like natural movement's so damn fun dude like me and cam got like nice and stoned one night dude and just he taught me how to roll around on the floor dude and like when i finally got like you know i was messing with it for a little while like finding those fascial lines and everything and then one time i just he put on a song he was like what's a song that you uh that you're really feeling right now so i put on a song from haywire and we just like we did it and he was teaching me how to fall gracefully and stuff man so fun like yeah. i had an absolute blast with it dude that's a that, that's a that's an asset being yeah. able to learn how to fall yeah yeah, especially like considering, especially in Western culture, man, like how many people um, are just so far out of the natural way that humans are meant to exist, move, live, etc. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, just learning how to sit cross-legged for so many, including myself, right, sure. like was yeah. a process, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel as though Definitely. like, you know, we all have um, – you know, I'm sure for most people listening, we have parents, relatives, older people that we want to see have the best quality of life possible. And when you look at like, you know, this is one of the things that's like the paradox, right? We have more technology, especially in this country than ever, right? We have more comfort right. than ever. And yet we're, we're more disease and sick than almost ever. I mean, I imagine someone's going to be like, what about the middle ages? All right. Like yeah. or when Columbus right, got right. here, you know, like, okay, guys, Little I realized, thing. but <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get what we're saying. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. And so like, you know, what do you think the future is in terms of like athleticism? You know, this is just a curiosity of mine. Like, do you see things continuing to move in this direction? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, getting away from necessarily just like isolating body parts and more so putting them together in functionality um, so they can, you know, function as mm-hmm. intended? Honestly, no. <laughs> I think uh, I think sports are going to change, but it's always going to keep the purpose of competitiveness hmm. uh, because that is the nature of the the people who run the country Hmm. and I believe in energy ciphering. So uh, prime example for me, it would be Redskins and Cowboys, Mm -hmm. like the whole energy cipher. Uh, I believe that that plays a role into a lot of the things that go on as a totality globally, when a lot of energy is being used in one big space Hmm. like that. Uh, So from a, from a, a energy spiritual standpoint, I don't think so. Uh, from a, a visual standpoint, I think sports are going to ch- like, there's going to be like little changes of a sport. Like they could be like a brand new sport that comes out mm-hmm. that might intertwine two different, two of the sports that we love together. And it just, is this new thing or like gladiators. Now it's football. Now mm-hmm. it'll, I feel like that, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 No, that makes perfect sense. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned gladiators because I'm pretty sure they're like starting that back up, but obviously like not the way they did before. But <laughs> right, like, right, I'm right. pretty sure I saw some footage of that. It's probably Russia knowing <laughs> Russia. Like, <laughs> it's just like they have that uh, like eight on eight UFC stuff. Right. It's just ridiculous, yep. man. I'm just like, man, wow. I guess that's what you do when life is really cold outside all the time. <laughs> like I'm from Boston and I definitely feel that energy, you know, like this time of uh-huh. year when January, February rolls around people just start getting angry at one another, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, uh, it's, it's funny you bring up energy because something I'm curious to talk to you about is, 
you know, a saying that I know we both love and use regularly, which is that ensuring our cups are full before trying to give our energy away. And, you know, as we know, operating in that way risks serious burnout, which like cue every entrepreneur and go-getter in the world right now, right? Um, right. What do you find are some of the common ways people unknowingly pour from an empty cup? And what are some possible signs people should be aware of to ensure they aren't burning out? I imagine you see some of that with your clients. Yeah. Can you repeat that question? That's, I got so, you, bro. that's a powerful question. I got you, bro. Yeah. Um, so the first part is like, what are some ways that people are unknowingly giving away their energy? Like one of the mm. things I think there is like battery drainers, right? Like being around people that aren't, you know, that are taking yeah. energy from you and not necessarily right. to blame them, but it's discernment. It's like, hey, I'm not going to judge you for doing that, but it's just, yeah. I don't want to be around you. So what are some ways right. that you've seen people do that? And uh, what are some signs people should be aware of that, you know, they may have, yeah. they may be having energy taken from them? So the, uh, the ability to, I think you have different type of people in the world, like people who are, more sensitive and can feel more than other people. Mm. Uh, you have people who give more, people who receive more. So, uh, from just experiences, I've noticed. Uh, for instance, my yeah, we just only talk about experience because I'm all about experiences. I've seen my mom, who's a cancer who loves to give, and um, I can tell her glass is empty when she continues to give and give and give. Um, you can tell in body language, you can tell in just mannerisms and things like that. And subconsciously, she might not know uh, because she's so used to giving and not even expecting a return. But it's just if you give, if you give, if you give, then you will essentially be fruitful at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, but without realizing that, and giving and giving, it comes more exhaustion, more exhaustion. And then now you're your sleep schedule is a little off. That's one way of figuring out, you know, some of the things that's going on. You're, mm. you're drained, you're drained throughout the day. Uh, your vocabulary words start to change, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. Um, and the second part, mm. that second part, uh, can you remind me that second part? Oh, I got you, bro. Um, you know, so I think we covered like some of the signs, like, uh, with people like their sleep schedule changing their vocabulary. I think that dude, that's a whole wormhole we can go down in terms of like what words you're using <laughs> right. to describe. Like I, immediately right. when you said that, I thought of, uh, I thought of people where it's like, um, uh, how's your day going? Well, I'm surviving. You know, it's like, dude, you just want to survive, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Or like, dude, yeah, yeah. how about the common one that's so popular among like uh, my parents' generation, which is like, like, especially in Boston, you know, it's a Boston thing. Like, Hey dude, how you doing? Ah, you know, life sucks. Then you die. Ah, ha, ha. you know? And it's like, dude, like, <laughs> what did you just spell into the universe? Right, you know? Right. Yeah, and definitely. you know, definitely. so I, I think you actually covered that perfectly. Cause you talked about, you okay. know, um, ways people unknowingly pour from an empty cup like they keep giving past the point where their cup is empty and they're not aware of it right. and then you covered some of the signs by saying like you know sleep schedules changing like for me one of the ways that um i notice is i get like super snippy dude i get like just frustrated yeah, easily uh, that's another thing i was gonna mention yeah, yeah that, like the, uh, end of the our energy room. starts to shift yeah and i think like yeah. you know that's like a real uh epidemic happening right now especially with people that are like you know, really trying to do the right thing. I think there's a lot of people right. out there and, and, and I choose to believe that like people are doing the best they can with the information they have. So I choose to believe that it's no one's fault necessarily, you know, people want to give and then people are unknowingly taken pretty much without knowing it. You know, I think there's very few people that are yeah. like going out every day being like, I'm going to go rob energy from people and be an energy vampire, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. um, yeah. which is why I like, don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. And I think like that's one of the uh, many reasons that I love the idea of creating boundaries, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah. having a certain bedtime you go to bed at, you know, no matter what's going on, um, having yeah. a day like, you know, like Saturday and Sunday or that for me where like I just don't work, you know, I just like. I let go of my, uh, I let go of my diet a little bit. I, I go get an espresso and a muffin with my girlfriend in the morning, you know, with Rachel. Ooh. And, you know, I just like, yeah. I practice yeah. having a median, not just an on or off switch, you know, cause I feel for me, dude, that's been a real challenge over the years is like, oh, I'm going to get healthy, but yet, yeah, like, how much am I going to stress my body out and thinking that anything I eat, like a muffin is going to ruin me, you know?
know, it's like the muffin's not nearly right. as bad as the thought process behind why I can't have right. it. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, to add to that, uh, I know we'll probably talk about this in other podcasts, but uh, doing meditations and mm. the meditation that I did with with Queen and laying her down and doing the affirmation and things like that. It's, it's like truly powerful how how all of that it all aligns and it all makes sense is is really great but i don't want to i don't want to get too deep into the 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 magic because i know it's coming so i know it's coming <laughs> yeah and I know it's coming, so. for everyone listening um you know Kay and i are actually doing a double header today we're recording highly optimized and then hopping right over to the new podcast this one time double on psychedelics whammy. yeah double whammy dude you know and double um whammy. You know, it's it's so cool, man, because, you know, I really feel like not to hop super into the other subject, but I'm with you on it, bro. Like, I want to talk about it. And it's <laughs> like, you know, like, I think one of the coolest things, man, is that we're really seeing like people that are at the top of their game physically and uh, mentally, emotionally and spiritually now hop into plant medicines and realize that they're an essential. I mean, they they can be an essential part of the development. Right. And they're not just party to right. drugs. They're not just, you know, they're not just. um uh, things that people write off. They're actually things that are very useful. And, you right. know, you combine that with meditation with these ancient practices. Cause at the end of the day, there's really nothing more human than eating plants and meditating. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, also what are you, um, what are those things that you are joyous about just to finish the, the meditation piece, uh, mm. figuring out like certain things that truly make you happy. And once you realize that, if you go back to the times when you were a child or the most times where, you know, time didn't exist or you were pretty playful, it could have been like maybe your foot was in, the, you was in a stream or listening to chimes or some of the things that brung you joy or being with your grandparents out in the farm or like those little things um, or maybe even was it playing an instrument or the times in which you, you still had your innocence. And I, I think keeping a part of that, with you uh, and losing that is also another indicator of like uh, your glass not being full or mm. uh, serving from an empty serving empty yeah yeah dude i'm so glad you brought that up man because you know that's something you know that i ask a lot of my clients which is like what did you what did you love as a kid and when did you stop doing it and why you know yeah and right. and i feel as though when we're children there's a certain time where it's like, oh, you know, just imagine. And then there's a certain point, man, when you just go to school and they're like, listen, get with the real world, okay? And it's like, man, it's such a harsh transition, you know? <laughs> like, right, right, right. <laughs> it's like you didn't baby me into that at all. Like, damn. <laughs> and then, like, I think, like, you know, you get, like, essentially um, uh, uh, uploaded with a lot of malware when you're in school and such. Because really, what is school when you think about it? It's it comes from school, which is German. Yeah. And it pretty much was teaching you how to be a factory worker. You know, I mean, like, and for anyone who's right. like, I don't know, like, uh, how many bells did you listen to and answer to when you were in school? Right? Like, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. you know, um, that's a rabbit hole that it gets deep in there, dude. School systems get deep, uh, <laughs> dude. For sure. Uh, then like to add to that is different. It's other people's personalities of parents projecting through their children. Mm. So it's like a lot of the children that are in these schools don't know no better. <laughs> yeah. They only know what they've been taught. And they also truly only can speak for majority, I guess. But don't believe that is any other way other than the way that they are seeing it currently in their household. Mm -hmm. So the way that they, they handle people or the way that they talk to people is like, Oh snap. Like you don't, you don't talk to your parents. Like your parents don't talk to your parents. <laughs> like this is a, and it's just a gang. It's hundreds of them in school. And it's just like energy is like, Oh my God, it's so much energy. So you got, you know, who you hang around, you hang yeah. around the people who, who the energy feed and who you feel like energy is good at. So, yeah. It was interesting. School is very interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting, man. Like you think about it and like essentially what school is is like someone or some organization decided this is the important stuff and everything else can go screw itself. And so like this is what you get, you know? And it's like right. I joke all the time. It's like, oh, 
I never learned about taxes, but thank God I learned about the Pythagorean theorem because it should come in super handy to this Pythagorean theorem season. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, how is anyone still buying this? You know, and uh, it just, it's, it's very curious. When did we to me. stop learning more about like certain things became less uh, like space and the atmosphere and things like that? Like after. Mm-hmm after like middle school is like no wasn't nobody talking about outer space anymore it wasn't nobody talking about the planets yeah the sun and things like that agriculture is like you had to really really want to do it or <laughs> you really had to sought out an elective to do like agriculture yeah but uh, that's uh that's actually the most unnatural thing you know a natural thing to do yeah Dude, Pythagorean theorem isn't doing anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like remember from like first to fourth grade, would they be like that planetarium that came to school and stuff? Uh, I don't know if you got one of those in your school, dude, but it was so rad, man. You climbed inside of this big (laughs) blow up thing, dude. Then you get to middle school and it's just like the dare program. It's like, just say no (laughs) to everything that isn't alcohol or tobacco. You know, it's like, (laughs) stranger danger. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's very strange, man. You know, like, um, You know, and I'm curious, you know, uh, one of my favorite things about you, Jungle, is your ability to speak on so many different topics and in doing so, philosophize about life just like we're doing right now in a way that not many can. And so I'm curious what you feel the biggest misconception you feel people hold on the nature of life is or said differently. What lie do you see people embodying as truth that is robbing them of life force energy in the modern world? I think we just talked about a lot of them, you know, like, yeah, uh, but I'm uh, curious if there's one that sticks out to you. Man, uh, I think self-sufficiency is, is the biggest one or mm. the, the ability to not believe that you deserve to be self-sufficient mm-hmm. or like you deserve to not have to pay anyone to to get food or you deserve the right to be comfortable and be self-sustainable what does that look like you you provide for yourself you're independent you're able to do all of the things that you truly love you are uh, like i said self-sufficient you can travel you can just love you can be and I, that comes with a, that comes with a lot, but I feel like self-sufficient. Yeah, that is, it's a, it's a threat to democracy. So, yeah, uh, dude, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up, man, because, um, I feel as though a lot of what society does, a lot of what school does is tell you basically like, Hey, um, uh, you're not perfect. You have all these issues, but don't worry. Like you got a headache chill man you got an advil deficiency we got exactly what you need you know it's like (laughs) and so like you know that (laughs) self-sufficiency thing is so important man i'm really glad you brought that up especially when it comes to like food and stuff right you brought up agriculture before and you know i'm a huge organic regenerative agriculture nerd as all the listeners know and you know i think this year right has proven one thing which is we really can't rely negation acknowledged on anyone but ourselves and uh you know all of a sudden you know it's also pretty funny that like uh, you go to the store and like most of the food was there, but the paper towels and the toilet paper were gone. It's like, all right, what are people eating toilet paper now? Like some strange documentary that's like <laughs> foreign universe. Uh, so that said a lot to me, you know, uh, it was like interesting, you know, good observation. Right. But, you know, I think like that self-sufficient thing, man, that hits deep because, you know, I, I how many people can say that if the world was to end the way we knew it tomorrow – that they would be able to survive yeah. with just basic knowledge. Like how do you, how do you clean yeah. water? Right. How do you grow your own right. food? Yeah. How do you, right. how do you get your own meat? You know, um, how do you build mm-hmm. a shelter? Like it's crazy, right. man. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, and knowing how to do that, that involves physical labor mm-hmm. and that involves natural labor. That involves mm-hmm. thinking that involves creative headspace that involves left and right hemisphere connecting problem solving that involves no dementia, no Alzheimer's when you get older. That yeah. involves like you have to think about the weather. So you are strategically planning. Mm-hmm. And then when the weather comes, you are adjusting, you are refining, you are replanning, re-blueprinting, maybe changing the scenery. Maybe, you know, you're doing so many things. And that in itself, when now modern 
if we went back then, we could start putting titles on stuff. Mm-hmm. So people say like, oh, Jungle, is that like Capoeira? Is that, you know, Tai Chi? Like what was going on? What are you doing? Right. So if like if you if we never would have heard of titles and you went into the tribe and you went into this area and you seen them doing all this, you'd be like, Oh, he's building. And <laughs> all in all actuality, all he's doing is being and doing what needs to be done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that. Yo, man. She's balancing. She's balancing. <laughs> no, she just knows if she falls, then this food that she has on the top of her head is gonna spill over. Yeah. It just happens to be balanced. She just happens to be balancing. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, you know, that's a really good point you bring up because I think we've been taught from such a young age to compartmentalize things and put things in categories like, oh, um, I'm this gender, I'm this ethnicity, and you're that. So it's like that creates a separation, right? And you think about it and it's like all that separation is really a disease of the mind because it, it brings you further away from what is, which is source, right? It, it brings you away from, right. from the nature of what we truly are and, and what we truly are is a part of everything that exists, right? And, and right. so like, yeah, that's a huge rabbit hole we could go down, man. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because in developing our sovereignty in the world, you know, it's so imperative that we find methodologies that allow us to simply be in the world in order to be able to remember our true nature in the grand scope of things. This being said, what are some of your, what are some of the activities or methodologies you use to stay down regulated and stay out of stinking thinking? Uh, I meditate a lot. Mm. Yeah, I have a really, really, I have a really great practice, a really great meditative practice. And I, make sure that I'm uh, religious in that. Mm. Uh, so that definitely grounds me. And I know because in feeling, like you said, and filling your cup up, you're, you're able to project that, that shine and that light on somebody else. And you also know when you don't have that light, because when you start meditating for a while, you start like losing thin little refinements that you might not have had before. Uh, and it's like oh okay like just like when you don't drink water uh you forget to drink water for a day you're like oh man i feel like a little more exhausted a little more (laughs) dry and it's like okay i need that refinement i need Mm -hmm. to so i've noticed that meditation uh has grounded me a lot uh healing healing uh medicines has grounded me a lot for sure uh all types of healing medicines Mm. and quiet time Mm. yeah very uh running athletic like me working out too definitely is uh those are probably all the things as subconsciously i I worked out to alleviate stress Mm. so uh i've always it's like when i think of working out i don't even think about like jungle because it's not even working out it's literally i'm just doing that shit all the time so it's yeah. like are you working out i guess if you then i'm working out for like 10 hours i'm always fucking just doing shit so uh but yeah that my my niche grounds me because i know the niche is just straight out of love and i know the niche is uh is very the niche itself is grounding mm. uh so i just continue to just be in that light and it all yeah but number one meditation and that mm. keeps me it keeps me grounded. Uh, I would mention journaling, but even going in and out of journaling, cause I haven't been very consistent. And, uh, but I will say meditation is my biggest staple, my biggest anchor. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with that. I love breath work too. Like that's like, you know, especially for like my, my, my Aries self, you know, my fiery self, (laughs) you know, it's like in the morning when I wake up, uh, huh? Let me uh let me let me break down meditation in a sense because there's like yeah. certain ways that I guess I could I could look at it, um, like just finding a time in which you just are. It can be in the most noisiest place. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't have to be in this like consolidated environment where it's just super super quiet and nobody's there and it's black or whatever the idea that you might think. Yes, you have those too, but just being in a noisy chaotic environment and just taking a deep breath. Just be like, oh. that's meditation. Mm. Like all of that shit that's going on, and it's just like, oh, God. I am peace. 
just go about your day. You could be driving. Well, I wouldn't close your eyes and do all that while you're driving. <laughs> while you're driving, you know, you could just because the breath is so important. I forget how many breaths you take a day, but yeah. how many of those breaths are you aware of? Mm-hmm. So, and 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 doing that, knowing that your breath has direct proportion on your thoughts. If you're not thinking about your breathing, or then it might be it, it could be easy to say that you're some thoughts are are being projected and you're not having full control over it. So, uh, yeah. I love that dude. Like, thank you for including that in man, because that's how I've always felt it. Like, you know, what I really feel meditation does like the actual, like, you know, like the typical, like lay down for 20 minutes or sit down and like do it that way is that like what it's done for me is allow me to realize who and what I truly am. And then realize that I can attain that state in anything I do so long as I practice divinity, right? And devotion to whatever I'm doing. And so now, like this podcast right now, like I'm meditating doing this. Like I'm so calm. Like for anyone listening, just go back and listen to episode two or three and then listen to this again and tell me uh, (laughs) how much more downregulated I am, you know? (laughs) And so like that's a perfect example of what meditation's done for me and you know there it's it's really no secret why every person who's like able to do incredible amounts of things like you're doing like a lot of different endeavors and just like shooting for the stars they all have one thing in common they have an inner work practice of some sort and it involves some sort of meditation and uh it's definitely not by chance negation once again acknowledged and accepted (laughs) and intended (laughs) i believe once um in the meditation that I had yesterday, I came out of there. What I am, the universe is, has selected me to be a messenger. Mm. So uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I knew it all along." Yeah. <laughs> and it comes with uh, it comes with acceptance. It comes with honor to to, to understand that where you say are you at, you are the greatest version of yourself, mm. and um, and doing that. It could be, it could carry a lot of weight, uh, knowing that you could possibly be the, the, like literally the creator. You mm-hmm. are starting a legacy. You are, uh, you are legacy. Mm-hmm. So in doing that, that, that's, that there comes an acceptance. And I realize when you don't meditate and you don't create that stillness for yourself, it becomes overwhelming to someone who feels that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Uh, definitely it's a lot and i know you you've had moments of that uh feeling like you know it's a lot yeah but we move forward and we uh that's why like balance it out yeah man that's why like you know one of my most important things is like always remember that you're a human being not a human doing so if you're feeling overwhelmed it's probably because you're trying to do too much and you know productivity is not the it's not even at all the um the uh intention behind life and also it's not the only thing that tells you you're worthwhile you know like and i think that's the biggest lie that society has like slipped under the rug which is like oh you're pretty much only worth what hours and productivity you put in per week right right and uh you know it's not the um years in your life but the life in your years you know and so what are you going to do with the time you have because it's not long you know, it's wild, dude. Well, jungle, this has been such a fun ride and I'm beyond excited to hop over to this one time on psychedelics with you after this, as I know we both yeah. have a lot to say on that subject, uh, of plant Your medicines. background is really dope by the way. Oh dude. Thanks bro. It's this trippy. Is, this uh, is the studio right here, dude. Shlomo's got it hooked up. You know, he's got the cool lights yeah. in here and everything. They do DJ sets behind me too. So it's cool uh, stuff, man. man. And so yeah. where can I send people to learn more about you and connect with you? Uh, my website, www.kayjungle.com. Dope. Hell yeah, man. And I got one last question for you, my brother. Um, That's it. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, what would K Jungle suggest that change be? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Find a way to laugh. Hmm. Dope. Find a way to laugh. I love, I love that man yeah. guys from the first moment I met Kay we clicked immediately 
and shared some absolutely epic conversations to do with fitness, psychedelics, and the nature of life as a whole. Kay is truly an old soul whose mission is to help guide as many people as possible back into who and what they truly are. And trust me when I say that he is above world class at what he does. His ability to attenuate his deep knowledge on the nature of the being in order to help anyone from beginners to elite athletes reclaim their power and feel confident in their bodies is just one of the many ways Kay is changing the game when it comes to human optimization. Do yourselves a favor right now and follow him and if you are feeling called to understand your body at a deeper level, reach out to him and make the first step in reclaiming your power today. Speaking of reclaiming your power, being able to empower people with knowledge they can take from this podcast and put to use immediately in their lives has allowed me to reclaim more power and excitement for life than I once ever thought possible. And by each of you leaving reviews on iTunes and sharing the show with those you love, you are helping me to continue to pay it forward, have amazing guests come on the show, and share their insights with the world, to which I am eternally grateful for. Okay, thank you so much again for hanging out with us today. And until next time, my brother, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.